Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Monica Packer, and you're listening to About Progress, where we are about progress made practical. I have always struggled with sleep since I was a little kid. I have prioritized doing things over getting to bed, from reading to later on doing homework to, as a mom, just getting things done or being creative or finally taking some time to myself. I've seemed to always find an excuse to delay getting to sleep. And it was all catching up to me a few years ago, from constant exhaustion to insomnia to mood shifts but in ways I didn't really fully accept until I could not deny the evidence right in front of my face, literally. We got our family pictures taken by a dear friend and brilliant photographer. She had taken our pictures the year before and they were so lovely. And when we got our pictures back this time, I just could not get over how much older I looked than the year before. It was such a stark contrast that nobody could deny it when I showed them my faces side to side, but just a year apart with those two family photos. So I guess my vanity finally made me prioritize working on my sleep, but I'm glad I did and I'm still working on it now. Are you 
in the same boat? And are you wanting to better prioritize your sleep? Then I have the best interview for you today with Dr. Angela Holiday-Bell. She's a medical physician with a clinic that specializes in helping people get better sleep. We will cover why sleep matters, how much sleep we actually need, and three actionable ways to better optimize our sleep. I've got to tell you, this has been an ongoing work in progress for me, like years in the making, and I've read lots of books on sleep. I've even had an adult sleep training consultation that really helped with my insomnia. And yet, I still learned new things in this interview. Dr. Angela Holiday-Bell is a board-certified physician, certified sleep specialist, speaker, author, and founder of The Solution is Sleep, LLC. As someone who formerly suffered with insomnia herself, she understands the transformative power of good quality sleep and how obtaining this regularly can lead to a happier, healthier, and more productive life. She's been featured on local and international television shows and networks such as The Dr. Phil Show, ABC News, and WGN Television, spreading her message about the power of good sleep. Are you ready for good sleep? That's all coming up right after a quick break. What's a habit you want to work on this year? I already know mine is personal journaling. And if you've ever started your previous New Year's with the best of plans for habits you want to work on, but by February or March, they've already decidedly slipped into the good intentions territory, I want you to take me up on something that we are doing as a community in February, and it's called the Sticky Habit Intensive. In this intensive, you'll take one of the habits you want to work on and build it in a three-week immersive experience alongside hundreds of women from the About Progress community. In those three weeks, each week you'll get one live lesson from me on habit formation outside of perfectionism and one live group coaching call with me. So you don't just learn, you have the support to actually change. Throughout the intensive, you'll also have exclusive access to a private online community for more accountability and motivation. As a bonus, after the intensive ends, you'll get permanent access to the Sticky Habit Method course, my habit formation course designed for real women leading real lives. If you have little time, low support, and limited energy, the Sticky Habit Intensive is designed for you so you can leave our three weeks together with not only a habit that sticks, but also with confidence to form a lifetime of supportive habits to follow. Join us in forming a habit that sticks and sign up for the intensive at aboutprogress.com slash intensive. Again, that's aboutprogress.com slash intensive. If you already purchased the sticky habit method in the past, then I have good news for you. Past students will be able to participate in February's intensive for free for this time only. Check your email for coming details on how to reserve your spot. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dr. Angela Holiday-Bell, welcome to About Progress. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show. Really, anytime I can talk about sleep, I'm all for it. So I'm excited. I don't think I've said yes faster to a pitch to be on the show. Truly. And I have to tell you, this has been a lifelong issue for me, sleep in general. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of how far I've come, but I know I'm still making lots of mistakes. A lot. And I've learned so much from you already and what you do and share on Instagram. Yeah, so awesome. So I just want to start by hearing why you care about sleep. Like, why has this become such a big part of your life? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. So uh, I am a physician. I'm a board certified physician by training. And really, I say I'm someone who has always had a deep, loving relationship with sleep. I'm always that person who needed more sleep than everyone else. Like during my teenage years, my friends knew, don't call me before like 1 p.m. because you're probably not going to get me that kind of person. But as I went through our medical training, specifically medical school and in residency, I started to suffer from insomnia. And it started with me not having enough time to sleep. Right. So I was always working, always studying. But then it became, even when I had time, one day off, I could not sleep. And honestly, of all the things I've been through, that's probably the most frustrating feeling in the world is wanting so desperately to sleep and not being able to. That, and so it was my own question, like, okay, I have to fix this. Like, I can't exist like this. I was very much so a worse version of myself because of it. And so I started reading every single book there was on sleep. I started volunteering in the sleep clinic in my hospital and then really fell in love with sleep and started to understand that, oh, it's more than just feeling rested. Like, sleep is really the key to functioning optimally. And as I started to put the practices into place that I was learning and, you know, feeling better, looking better, being better because of it, I was like, oh, this is, there's something to this. And I need to help other people as well. Friends, family, patients, everyone was struggling with sleep issues. So I knew it was much bigger, but that was how I kind of fell in love with it. You've already shared a few hints here on why sleep matters. And I just think it's important for us to spend some more time on that because yeah, there, we are competing against maybe, I don't know. I was going to say hundreds of years of culture, but I'm thinking more American culture, but I'm sure this exists worldwide in many areas that it's just like the Mm -hmm. emphasis of hard work entails little sleep and you're weak if you need more sleep Mm -hmm. or something's wrong with you. Yeah, you're lazy. So what can we say to push against those? Like it's almost in our blood issues that we have about even knowing that it's okay to prioritize sleep. Why does sleep matter? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when people ask me, and I get this question all the time, like, what, what's affected? What really is affected if you're not getting enough sleep? And I'm like, it's easier to say what's not affected than what is, huh. because sleep is so essential and is at the core of your health and well-being, both mentally and physically. Just naming off a few things. If you're not getting enough sleep, and there's so much research to support this, so it's not just me saying this, your risk of things like uh, weight gain and obesity significantly increase. So in a state of sleep deprivation, the hormone that causes you to be hungry, ghrelin, is actually released in higher quantities, while the hormone that signals that you're full, leptin, is released in lower quantities. There's a dysregulation of your blood sugar. So your body actually becomes less sensitive to insulin when you're not getting enough sleep, increasing your risk of type 2 diabetes. 
You're mining gold into a state of fight or flight. So everyone knows that like if you, you see a bear in the woods and your cortisol, stress hormone and adrenaline increase, that happens all the time at a consistent level when you're not getting enough sleep, which causes widespread inflammation throughout your body, weakens your blood vessels, puts more strain on your heart, leading to high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease. Your risk of mental health conditions like anxiety and depression increase two to five times in the state of sleep deprivation. In addition, things like getting sick, right? So right now in the world where all the viruses are flipping around all the time, one of your best defenses against that is sleep. Hmm. Studies have shown actually like literally tracked people's sleep before exposing them intentionally to the rhinovirus and found that those who slept less than seven hours on average in two weeks leading up to the rhinovirus exposure were three times as likely to develop symptoms of the virus. And then if that's not enough for everybody, sleep makes you look young, right? It's life's fountain of youth. When you're not getting enough sleep, you have more wrinkles, sagging skin. When you've probably encountered people that are like, well, you like you did not get enough sleep last night, right? Like it shows on our face and there's a reason for that. So literally, you can name anything, your productivity, efficiency, mood, all of those things are impacted by your sleep. So it's like there's no, all of the laziness and, the, you know, I'll sleep when I die. You will actually function so much better no matter what you're doing in life if you've given yourself a good night's sleep. So why does our body need sleep? I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, is it like a third of our lives that we're actually supposed to be sleeping? That's a lot of time. Why does my body need that? Yeah. So if you think about what happens during the day, there's so much energy. It's so taxing on our bodies and our minds. And we need time to restore that. And the only way you can do that is while you're sleeping, when we're shutting off non-essential activities so that our brain can be washed away of toxins that accumulate literally throughout the day. We have the literal toxins. Literal toxins. To this point, there's actually been a um, connection between insufficient sleep and Alzheimer's disease. And there are, not to get too scientific, specific things that aggregate or accumulate in the brain that happens somewhat naturally, but our body restores and replenishes itself and washes those things away at night. So if you're giving yourself less, less time to do that, it's just more time for those things to build up. So literally, the cerebral spinal fluid, the fluid that covers your brain and your spinal cord, increases the production at night to wash away all those things. Your DNA repairs itself at night. So all of the damage we get from the sun and other things we do, the, the restoration and the repair of that happens at night. It's difficult for all of those things to happen when there are so many other functions going on throughout the day and so many other things that our energy has to be placed to. So at night is when everything else can kind of shut down and our bodies and minds can get to work. Our emotional control center communicates with our emotional regulatory center, giving us better control of our emotions during the day which is why you're more testy and on edge after a night of poor sleep, right? So there are just so many essential functions that happen that don't have the opportunity to take place during the day because all of our energy is diverted to other things. So that is why for a third of our day, you know, that's included in the night, we really need to shut down those processes and allow our bodies to get to work restoring and repairing itself. I really appreciate that background. I'm one of those people, just tell me because then I'll yeah. get it. Like every time I, I've gone into birth, I'm like, tell me everything. Like what can I, like what's actually happening? What can I expect? Exactly. And it's the same with sleep when I can understand it better, more cerebrally, then I can practice it out better. Uh, before we dig into some more tips here, how much sleep should we be getting? It's a great question. And it's, I, again, probably the second most common question I guess. How much sleep should I be getting? 
And my answer is it depends. And the reason for that is there is no one size fits all. So my favorite thing to say is sleep need is like shoe size. There's no one size fits all. There's an average, right? So most people I've heard as adults who should be getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night. That is true on average. But the range is actually somewhere between six to 10 hours. And I'm a nine hour girl personally. If I get seven hours of sleep, I'm still very tired in the morning. Yeah. That is not enough. Eight hours, I'm better, but not optimal. So it really is important to determine what your individual sleep need is. And that's going to look a little different for everybody. But it's the amount of hours of sleep you need to wake up feeling fully uh, rested, refreshed throughout the day with enough energy to perform your daily activities without requiring energy or alertness boosters such as caffeine. Mouthful, but you need to be able to function optimally just off of sleep alone. So if someone is doing better at getting more optimal sleep, do they still have a slump? in the afternoon? Is that just part of like our circadian rhythm? That's the thing I've been curious about. It's like, I think I'm sleeping a little better, but I'm still really tired. Yeah. Yeah. So that has a part of our normal circadian rhythm. So your circadian rhythm is that roughly 24 hour cycle that dictates when you feel alert and sleeping throughout the day. There are things you can do to kind of set that and reinforce that in a way that works better for your sleep and wake cycles for when you have to get up and go to sleep. However, for most of us, it looks like increasing alertness throughout the early morning hours. We hit a peak. There's that post-lunch dip. The alertness starts to go back up. We hit another peak in the evening and then it comes back down. Everyone's going to be a little bit different in terms of what time those actual peaks and dips occur. But most people will have that post-lunch dip simply because of our circadian rhythms. Okay. So it's not necessarily reflective that you need more sleep, but it also could be depending on exactly. how intense it is and long Exactly, exactly. Because it's going to be more, it's going to be a more extreme dip if you're already sleep deprived because now the alerting signals from your circadian rhythm are lower. So there's less keeping you awake. And if you already have a sleep dead, it's going to be more pressure to sleep. As opposed to if you are well rested, you may feel a little bit more tired, but it shouldn't be like, I can't keep my eyes open. I can't stay up. I need five cups of coffee. That may be a sign that you're really not getting enough sleep. And I only just recently learned about caffeine and that it's not that it gives you more energy. It's that it blocks the, is it like the hormones or the chemicals that tell you're tired? Is that what's happening? Yes, exactly. So when you wake up, so we talked about the circadian rhythm. Uh, The other big thing that that is governing your sleep is your sleep drive. So that is simply, as soon as you wake up, your drive to sleep is building and building until you go back to sleep and you sleep it off. But that drive really comes down to a molecule called adenosine that builds up in your brain. So adenosine builds up and builds up and tells your brain that it's time to sleep. Once it hits a certain peak, it should overcome your alertness. You fall asleep. And then at night, all the adenosine is washed away and you start again. Uh, caffeine blocks adenosine receptors. This okay. is also important. And I love this because, you know, I'm, I'm a doctor. I'm a science girl. So I do geek out all, you know, from all of this. But It's not that caffeine gets rid of the adenosine, and this is important for caffeine drinkers to know, it blocks the receptors that adenosine binds to, which means once caffeine goes away, all that adenosine is still there, which is why people often have that crash afterwards, because the adenosine didn't go anywhere. It just couldn't do what it was supposed to do because it can't bind to the receptors. Now the caffeine is gone. Now you have this rush of sleepiness again, which is why, you know, I, first of all, I'm a caffeine lover. So I love coffee in general. However, you do have to use it widely and not depend on that to be alert because it doesn't come with some of their effects. So it's less about removal. It's more about dependence that they need to just be aware of. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Let's take a quick break for our sponsors. Can I tell you something that has really surprised me as I've been approaching middle age? you get smellier. Enough for my kids to make comments after my workout, okay? 
Here's the thing though, I'm a bit granola when it comes to what products I'm willing to slather all over my body. And deodorants that match my qualifications typically do not pass the smelly test from my kids, except for Lumi. Lumi is a game-changing whole body deodorant designed by an OBGYN to work not only on pits, but also feet, privates, and everywhere else we get odor. No matter where you use it, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day long, all thanks to its one-of-a-kind pH-optimized formula, proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours. And that's even with it being baking soda-free and paraben-free. I've been using their stick deodorant and it's so smooth. I love the toasted coconut smell and guess what? I've been passing the smelly test with my kids even after my workouts. I've also been grateful to have their deodorant wipes just this past week while I've been dealing with a really sick baby who would not let me put him down and it helped me bridge that gap between my walks in the morning and finally getting to the shower when he was taking a nap. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code ABOUTPROGRESS at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code ABOUTPROGRESS. Again, that's code ABOUTPROGRESS at lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Do you know that it's extremely rare for women to be successful podcasters? It's true, and this happens to be a male-dominated industry. And while I love the many good men who are killing it at the top, I'd be so thrilled to see and hear more women sharing in the success, wouldn't you? To help me do so through About Progress, please consider supporting the show for as low as $2 a month. Yeah, I said a month. Your support literally keeps the show's lights on and allows me to continue in this important work of helping change the world by changing women. You can learn more and sign up at aboutprogress.com slash support. So, you know, I told you I've been making a lot of progress on this over the last few years. It started for me with vanity, just realizing the difference in the yearly family photos of my own face. Yeah, and and it's continuing true. now because I had my fifth kid this year, and I have been in that wow. Chinese water torture of of sleep, which is a a big blessing, and it's all good. You know, it's just part of it. But yeah. I am wanting to fine tune this, and I would like yeah. to be more aware of the mistakes I'm likely making still, or the mistakes that we're all kind of making that we might mm-hmm. just want to be more aware of about sleep in general and how we can improve those mistakes. So, can you tell us what mistakes they should be aware of, me included? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, good for you. I love, you know, it's all about progress, not perfection, right? Just taking the next steps to to do better with what you're doing. So I would say probably the biggest mistake that I see people making, it falls into this bigger group of mistakes. And understanding that light is a strongest factor influencing your circadian rhythm, right? And you can utilize that in a way that's beneficial and helpful for sleep, or you can allow it to interfere with your sleep. So that means one of a couple of things. As you near your bedtime, most people have heard that you should avoid blue light and electronics. And that's true because the blue wavelength of light in particular has the strongest effect on your circadian rhythm. And that effect is delaying your melatonin rhythm, telling your body it's time to be awake and alert and making it more difficult to fall asleep. Your electronics are very rich in that blue light. So, yes, you should definitely try to avoid those within an hour or two of bedtime. Where I see a lot of people go wrong, though, is they may say, yeah, I, I put my phone away an hour before bed and I still have trouble falling asleep. 
They don't realize that just normal overhead room light, just like literally the lights in your room, also emit blue light in other wavelengths of light that can impact your sleep. There have been studies done that uh, split groups into just normal room lighting or dim lighting before bed and found that those who existed in just typical lights had a delay in their melatonin release by up to 90 minutes. So even if it's not the electronics, you're still telling, sending signals to your brain that nope, it's time to be awake and alert and it's more difficult to fall asleep. The flip side of that is getting natural light exposure within an hour of uh, waking is also very powerful in training your circadian rhythm. Okay. So when I talk to people about sleep and fixing their sleep, everyone, you know, kind of relegates it to this hour or so before bedtime and then what they do overnight and that's it. But again, your circadian rhythm is a roughly 24-hour process. So what you do for good sleep is what you do all throughout the day. So if you expose yourself to natural light within an hour of waking, you shut off the melatonin release, which is good because you want it off at that point. You reinforce your circadian rhythm to send those alerting factors at that same time each morning and you help your melatonin release at night. So I would say utilizing light, which is so powerful in a way that helps your alertness in the morning, but also helps your sleep at night. Okay. So when we, I, I talk a lot about habits with women and they often want to work on a morning routine. And we always say <laughs> morning start the night before. So you got to like, let's work yeah. on your night routine. I yeah. love the reverse of this. Like night mm-hmm. start the morning before too. So yeah, exactly. what are you doing to help, you know, stimulate the right, I, I'm already lost the language because I'm not a science person. <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> yeah, but you have the idea to reinforce and entrain your circadian rhythm. What Got are you it. doing to make that happen? And getting that light exposure within an hour, because that's when you're going to be the most sensitive to it, is a great way to do it. And then, so I'm in Chicago and, yeah. you know, these days we don't always have shit first thing in the morning when I have to wake up. And so I will hear that from like, you know, for some people it's a couple hours into their morning before they yeah. start to see light. So there are actually light therapy boxes and light therapy glasses that you can use to stimulate natural light to still give you that exposure and really help to to keep your circadian rhythm in check. Hey, that's super smart. I didn't even think of of that. I I know that's really valuable for those who suffer with seasonal depression, but I didn't know you could use that for sleep. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Yes. And a lot of seasonal depression goes hand in hand with sleep issues and circadian rhythm disruptions. There's a lot of bidirectionality between those two. But yeah, so use it for the same thing for the seasonal affective disorder as well as in uh, in training your circadian rhythm in certain sleep disorders and when you're not getting natural light exposure during the winter months. So is it bad that first thing in the morning I come up right outside my little office here? I've got my little cycling machine. My words are gone today. Who knows what's going on? But is it bad that I like turn on my artificial lights or is that enough to get started and then I can go out on a walk with my kids and I'm taking them to school and that's like, okay. Yeah, definitely not bad by any means. So for sure, first of all, I love that you're getting to physical activity first thing in the morning. That's also another way to promote deeper, better quality sleep. Turning on lights is great. If you can even just get by a window where there's some natural light coming, that's even better. So the best thing is like, get outside, you know, get that natural light directly to your retinas if you can. Of course, that's not feasible for everyone, but at least getting by a window, allowing that natural light to hit you that way will be perfect. And doubling it with physical activity is great. Oh, awesome. So we've talked about light. What's the next thing they should be aware of? Yeah. 
bedtime routine. So I love a good bedtime routine. And I think it's one of the most underrated elements of good sleep. And I say that because as adults who have children, most of us understand the importance of a bedtime routine for your kids. Oh, yeah, we're going to, you know, take a bath, read a book, brush our teeth. And why? Because that helps them to settle down and transition from the play and activity of the day to now it's time for nighttime. We as adults need that same thing that we often don't give ourselves that. We go throughout the day busy, running around like crazy, doing all these things. And then we think that just because we turn the lights off and get in the bed, we just fall asleep. But our body really needs that anchor in that transition time to slow down those brain waves and relax to fall asleep. And the bedtime routine is a great way to do that. In addition, it has actually been shown to be protective against stress. So I bring up a lot of studies when I'm talking because, one, I love it and I research it all the time. But as you mentioned, I want people to understand why I recommend what I recommend and what we say and not just like, yeah, just do this because it's better for sleep. There was a study that was done on two different uh, groups of individuals, one who already routinely followed a consistent bedtime routine and one who didn't. During the study, they were exposed to a purposefully stressful video before bed. So right before bed, same video, and found that those who routinely uh, followed a consistent bedtime routine had less sleep disruption than those who did it. And so if we translate that into real life, we all are going to encounter some stressful uh, moments throughout our lives. And in some of those things, we can't help. But if we can build up resilience against that, we can really help to bolster our sleep. And the bedtime routine is a great way to do that. Doesn't have to be complicated. I also think as women and moms and things like that, we often don't have time for ourselves, right? Like, where's our me time? Where's my time to decompress? Again, bedtime routine is a great way to do that. So your skincare routine, low lights, music, read your favorite book. Do a a sleep meditation, fall asleep, perfect. Well, this is actually making me curious about what your bedtime routine is. Did you just share it? Is that, or what's Uh, Yeah, it's it's similar to that. So typically, so about an hour before bed, my routine is is about an hour long. All of the lights are low. So I have dimmers in my house. But you don't have time dimmers. You can use like night side, you know, table lamps, layer, but keep the lights very low. Yes. I turn on my favorite nighttime music playlist. I do my little skincare routine. I read whatever book I'm reading at the time. It just depends. And then I'll do a devotional at night and then I go to sleep. If it is a particularly stressful season or there's something more stressful going on, I do have sleep meditations that I listen to. And I just have like a few go-tos that I turn on that my brain is already connected to sleep and it really helps to ease my anxiety and help me to fall asleep. But yeah, that's true. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, that feels like a really personal question, but I appreciate that you would share it. Of course. I don't mind sharing. I want people to understand, number one, I'm someone who practices what I preach 100,000% because I've been there. This isn't coming from just studying. This is like my whole personal experience struggling with insomnia and something I never want to go back to. But I feel like, you know, I should practice what I preach and I like to show other people that it doesn't have to be complicated. This is what I do. I do it every night. It also helps. I travel a lot. So it helps when I'm traveling to kind of have this sense of like routine and something that I already connect to sleep better than. So yeah, I, I definitely don't mind sharing. Well, thank you. Uh, I know there's a lot more we could talk about, but what's one other final big area that they need to be aware of? Mm. So this is, it's not necessarily a specific area. It's more of a mindset. And I think mindset is so important. We talk about anything, but especially when it comes to sleep, just choosing to prioritize sleep will actually do work wonders in terms of sleep more than any specific thing. And the reason that I say that is you know, like I said, people will treat sleep as like, okay, whatever time I have left over after a day full of work and other possibilities, okay, I'm going to give that to sleep. And if you start your day with sleep in mind, or actually what I've heard recently is instead of thinking of sleep as the ending of your day, think of it as the beginning of your tomorrow. 
right? And how do I set myself up for a good day tomorrow? How do I invest in who I want to be tomorrow and start your day and your full 24 hours of sleep in mind? It will work wonders because you're already investing in what you want to experience at night. And then also understand that you deserve to sleep. You don't have to earn sleep. It's not something that you get if you work hard enough. Now this is your reward. By virtue of existing, you you deserve to sleep. One of my be- my favorite quotes is, instead of asking myself, have I worked hard enough to deserve to rest? I've started asking, have I rested enough to do my best work? And if you look at it that way, I think you'll really understand just how important buying the sleep is for you. I think you almost just saw me like tear my headphones here, just like clap, because that does change so much for me just to even realize this matters. And in so many ways, we've been putting the cart before the horse here. Exactly. I didn't even realize how much I'm still doing that. Yeah. And once you create that shift, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Things open up and it's just so annoying. Something I try to get everyone to understand, you deserve it. And so treat yourself to that, become the best version of you through sleep, and then everything else will actually be so much better. So I'm actually curious, how is your insomnia? You oh, it's, it's better. Yeah, yeah. I don't suffer from insomnia anymore. What I also, it's so funny because obviously specialists, people assume that my sleep is just easy. I'm like, oh, of course you can sleep. Like, no, I actually need very strict conditions. And I have to follow these same rules for myself in order to sleep because my sleep is fragile because I'm already predisposed to insomnia. So I don't suffer from it anymore. However, I have to work very hard to not slip back into it. So I, you know, anxiety and stress, I'm very diligent about managing that. I'm diligent about my bedtime routine, keeping a consistent schedule because my sleep is so fragile. But yes, luckily, thank goodness that's not something that I suffer from anymore. Well, if I had to choose between learning from someone who something comes easy to them and learning from mm-hmm. someone that they have to prioritize and work at it. And it's something that they're always aware of. I would choose the latter. So <laughs> I appreciate you sharing. It's not like you're just sleeping like a baby, uh, which is the no. worst idiom of all time. No. So exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. so we always like to end our interviews with uh, you sharing what is one small way listeners can take action on what they learned today. One thing I would recommend that everyone do Pick three things you can do in your bedtime routine starting tonight to just pour into yourself more than anything else. Keep it separate from sleep. What can I do to make me feel good, to ease my anxiety and stress of the day that I'm going to keep consistent each night and just start there and then build on that. I think, you know, everyone, people who struggle with sleep issues, try to just fix everything all at one time and become so overwhelming. Just sure. make small changes that you build on. And then over time, you'll look back and say like, oh, I came so far. And this is easier than a top of pick. Just three things back to your bedtime routine because you're going to kind of do consistently and build on it from there. I feel like that also gives you something to look forward to instead of it just being mm-hmm. about like getting yeah. ready for bed. It's, exactly. you know, I'm going to share one of the things that helped me with, with this is yeah. I subscribed to People Magazine a couple years ago mm-hmm. and yeah. that was on my nightstand and I could only mm-hmm. read it when I was in bed. So yeah. I prioritized going to sleep better <laughs> so I could read the gossip, you know? Yeah. It didn't help. I, I should do that again. I, I, sh- I need to resubscribe for that very reason. Now I'll know <laughs> it's important for my health. Oh my goodness. So this has been so fun. I learned so much, but I also yeah. feel like okay, I can do this. And, you know, that's such a gift. So I just want to thank you. It's been such a treat to be able to talk to you. And if people want to connect more with you, where should they go? Yeah, you can find me on my website, thesolutionissleep.com. 
I have a book, but the link to my book is there. I try to share educational content on LinkedIn and Instagram. All those things are there. So that's probably the hub and the best place to find me. My email is there. I'm, I'm happy to answer questions and I love when people reach out, but that's probably the best place. My mission and goal is really just to empower people to start improving their sleep and take control of their lives through the vehicle of sleep. So I'm always happy to do that in any way that I can. Beautiful. Well, Dr. Holiday Bell, this has been so awesome. Thank you for starting our year off right and for all this valuable information and doable ways we can take action. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Let me stop the recording. I was so I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. I will now share the progress pointers from this episode. These are the notes I took so you don't have to, and those on my newsletter get them in a graphic form each week. You can sign up at aboutprogress.com newsletter. Number one, sleep affects every part of our health. Sleep cleans out the literal toxins in our systems, repairs DNA and cells, and also restores and replenishes the energy stores we need to manage our stress, fight sickness, regulate our moods, and more. Number two, there is a range of how much sleep we actually need to be fully rested and function optimally, but the average is six to 10 hours. Number three, it's normal to experience rise and falls with our energy levels, just depending on where we're at within our own circadian rhythm. Number four, three big areas to work on to optimize your sleep are first light, the biggest influence on your circadian rhythm, put away blue light an hour before bed, but even dim your lights and expose yourself to natural light within one hour after waking. The second is bedtime routine, the most underrated element of quality sleep. Follow a simple but consistent bedtime routine that helps you wind down at night. And the third is mindset where everything begins. Choose to prioritize your sleep for reals. Commit to making it an important part of your life, respect your sleep boundaries, and own that you don't have to earn your rest. Your do something challenge for this week is to pick three small ways you will pour back into yourself at night. If you do the do something challenge, I would love to hear about it. You can email me at hello at aboutprogress.com. You can DM me on Instagram. I'm there at aboutprogress. I love seeing how you are taking action on what you learned. This is a listener supported show. You can become an official supporter of About Progress by going to aboutprogress.com support and get access to our exclusive supporter benefits, including our premium podcast, More Personal. You can support the show for free anytime by simply sharing the podcast. Text this episode to a friend that you want to work on your sleep with. Thank you so much for listening and for your support. Now go and do something with what you learned today. Formative power of good quality sleep and how obtaining this regularly. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.